Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Appreciate you hanging out with us this week. Grateful to be back. I hope you all had a very, very Merry Christmas. My goodness, what a what a year it has been in 2022. As I want to wish you a Happy New Year as well, since I will not be back until after the New Year. But I, I hope it's been safe. I know that uh, last year it was a lot different for my family and I as we were dealing with the after effects of COVID and almost losing mom and to have gone now a full year and really just to have tried to embrace everything God has thrown our way and knowing that we were spared for a reason and trying to give all glory to him. I am I'm so grateful for this show and the people that have been on it and thank you the listener most importantly because without you the show does not exist and I hope and I pray that it is still having an impact on on those who uh, make it a point to listen every now and then. So tonight we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is uh, integrity. And this question, and, and th- this topic came from a question that I had to ask myself, which was, what would it actually look like to live an uncompromised life? Now, the word integrity coming from integritas, as we understand it here in English, gone, and from our, our Latin an- ancestors and such, Integrity is an interesting word in the dictionary, as it is actually most associated with its definition in a negative. It actually talks about being uncompromised, uncorrupt. It talks about this idea that there's a wholeness to a person, is that you are not tainted in any way by the world around you. To throw out some verses that Scripture says, Proverbs 10, verse 9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Proverbs 11, verse 3, The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Proverbs 28, 6, Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Proverbs 20, verse 7, The righteous who walks in his integrity Blessed are his children after him. Proverbs 19, verse 1. Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. 1 Peter 3, 16. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Again, not giving in to that. Proverbs 12, 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight get this theme here. And again, this idea of corruption it talks about being morally upright, just. I would just go read basically the entire uh, Sermon on the Mount, and then you can really kind of come back and say, oh, what does integrity mean? What does it look like to live this uncompromised life? And I think the easy answer there is to we'll live like Jesus. But how many of us, if I were to ask you, maybe instead of asking, what would it look like for you to live an uncompromised life The question then, because we're all sinners, is in what areas are you compromised? Or are you compromising actively on things? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that what you're compromising on is sinful. Compromising it in and of itself is not bad. Meeting somebody halfway is not bad. Of course not. That's how you you negotiate. You can come to an understanding, come to terms, right? In a relationship, if something just is trivial as trying to figure out where to go to eat, what if you compromise? Or what if you are willing to lay aside your own wants so that your 
significant other can have what they want and, and vice versa. Or like one person wants, uh, if for example, maybe an Italian dish, one other person wants more of a, a Latin dish, and then you compromise and you go standard American, the traditional American, right? Well, maybe you can call that compromising. Maybe you're you're in a business meeting and you have to come to some sort of compromise over a strategy or how how maybe you in a in a disagreement with a friend have to maybe compromise some things sometimes. And that's not bad, but when we're talking about integrity, a wholeness. So I want to take it out of that realm and go into the moral realm. And what areas are you or, or I allowing ourselves to slip? And what areas are we morally compromised. Maybe not as whole as we would like to be, or certainly not or as what we're called to be, really. Are, are we watching something we ought not to, and we know it? We feel that conviction, but we don't care about the things that we eat, we put in our bodies, consume, our addictions. What about the way we, and the way in which we speak to our family, Especially around the holidays, remember we say, hey, oh, just being around family, oh, it's terrible. It's like, you listen to how people talk about the way they interact with their loved ones. It can be revealing sometimes, to say the least. So, if there are any areas that you know and believe that you're saying, yes, I, I'm maybe ethically, morally compromised here. I'm not, I'm not walking this life of integrity. I'm not... I'm not pursuing righteousness and justice. I'm not trying to let God's love into every area of my life. Well, then, like, what's the solution? Well, it's it's really simple. As you give that over to God, you try to pursue what His will is for you, and that comes through reading of Scripture, praying, fasting, spiritual disciplines. Because I don't know anyone who has ever gotten better at anything while doing nothing. How do you get to know a spouse, a loved one, family member. How do you get to know them better? You spend time with them. You invest. How do you get better at a trade or your hobby that you love to do? You don't spend less time doing it. You don't do any, you don't like do no research. You don't have taken active interest in it. It's something you spend time reading articles about consulting maybe professionals or people who are in your life who also share the same thing. It's community on Reddit. I, I don't know, but you spend time investing in those things, right? That's how you get better. Well, if you are feeling convicted about some things that are just truly nagging at you and you know it, you have that heart and you just, you're not ready to give that up yet, but you want to, you want the practical way of doing it. I, I don't know a, a better way than reading your Bible every single day, praying to God at all times. Doesn't mean that you're you know, praying without ceasing is how you live your life. Our, praying without ceasing is not, is not, it's not making this prayer. Like I only do it in between six, six and six Oh two AM in the morning. You can pray at any time during the day and then fasting. Yes. Abstaining from food. The, the biblical traditional idea of fasting. Saying, I'm going to take this thing that I need, I'm going to take it away, and I'm going to put all my energy and effort on God. Every time my stomach bothers me for food, I'm praying. I'm saying, God, I'm giving you this right now because you can fill me. I'm not, I cannot live on bread alone. It's a spiritual discipline. 
I promise you will see results. But it takes a lot of discipline and it certainly takes integrity and this, this heart for integrity of this uncorrupted life, this wholeness, trying to pursue what Jesus has called us to do, being his disciples. Now, we are in the midst of Christmas tide. We're heading towards in the Christian calendar towards the day of Epiphany, which is the day that, that Jesus is made manifest in the world to the Gentiles, you know, most of us listeners here in the United States, whom he came to save and to seek which were lost, to be reconciled back to him, not just his own people, the Jews. What an amazing thing that is. But before we get there, we're still in Christmas tide and the 12 days of Christmas. So I will continue to say Merry Christmas, but our culture moves on and goes right to New Year's and then all the New Year's resolutions that come with it. And then the dejection and sorrow and depression that come thereafter because we couldn't meet our goals. Well, Jesus has now come to the world to save us. What is our response to him? Where are our hearts at? Are, are our hearts stirred within us to want to do better for him, to live for him, and to lay down our own lives, our own wants and our own desires for him, living a life of integrity? These are just some thoughts as we go into the new year. Yes, and the, the flip of the calendar, I understand our culture, we're living in our culture, we have to respond to it somehow. I mean, even Paul said, you know, I'd like to be taken out of the world, but I can't. You know, I, I have to live within this, these confines right now, this, this prison, this body that I'm in. Well, this is, this is the, the life that we are living in. For the majority of the audience, you know, listening here in the United States. So, like, we, we understand our situation culturally. That's not always a bad thing. Don't need to always demonize that. But what I do want to encourage and what I do want to offer tonight is just some perspective on how far God has brought us to this point. I am so beyond grateful for, for Christ and what he has done for me, but he didn't always, he didn't just do it for me. I, I don't, I, you can take that and make it so selfish. It's, it's almost like it's a natural thing in our sin nature for, for us to egocentrize every single thing that we do. So, if you want to live a life in integrity, you have to invest in your relationship with God. How do we invest with God? You pray, you fast, you read your Bible every single day, at least for the latter two, or at least for the praying and uh, reading your Bible. Fasting, I do once a week at least. And so that that's something I just shared in my routine is I, I fast from sundown Saturday to midday Sunday. It's not a full 24 hours. But that's my typical thing that I do. I do it for church on the Sabbath day as a way of spending time and God and giving him that day. I read out of the Bible every day. I read a gospel passage and then I read, uh, I mean, a, a chapter, excuse me. I read a chapter uh, out of, of like five chapters a day. I read the gospel passage of so Matthew, Martin, Luke, and John. I read them sequentially. So I start at Matthew 1. I get to end of John. I start back over with Matthew 1. So I'll read like Matthew 1. And then a Pauline epistle, pastoral epistles, or a revelation. So I would do like Matthew 1, Acts chapter 1, and then I would read from the Torah, uh, and then a book of wisdom, and a psalm, and I would go from the Torah to the end. So I would go like Genesis all the way to the end of the Torah, and skip Psalm and, and Proverbs because I'm already doing those, and go right to the major and minor prophets. Does that make sense? So the, the Torah, and, and then 
uh, the books of history and the Chronicle, like I said, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Chronicles, First and Second Kings, First and Second Samuel, all the history. I'll read that. So I'll do like Genesis one, Psalm one, Proverbs one, Matthew one, Acts one, and then the next day it'll be the second chapter of those things. That's just my daily reading. Daily reading. That's not. And it has nothing to do with my study for for sermons or any other research, any other reading I want to do. Those are just my baseline. Like I want to get to know Scripture. I want to know what's in Scripture. And so that gets me through the Bible over two and a half times a year in my daily reading. That's something I started years ago. And I, I've always wanted to keep that up because it's just daily. And some days, yes, I, I'm not as paying as much attention to it, but it, it's just getting me in the Word. And there are times and I, I know this for the Christians that have lived a lot longer than me, that there will be times when the words just jump off of the page. That you've read it hundreds of times and you've never seen it. And that's just the, the spirit-driven nature of the words in the Bible. That it is the, the diagnosis and the cure. Gave you the symptoms diagnosis is the fact that sometimes we're morally compromised. How do we get back to a full, fullness and relationship with God? How do we honor the fact that he as the Messiah came to earth to be reconciled with his creation? That is our proper response. So with that, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for supporting this podcast for another calendar year. We're going to continue to go hard and, and invest in what we can and I continue to work on my book put that together maybe we'll have something in 2023 so thank you everyone may god bless you and may god keep